Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. This morning, um, I really, honestly, that worship was so powerful. I really, I'm really excited. I really feel like God's going to speak to us this morning. And I love the movies. Who who loves the movies? Do people like watching films? I am like obsessed with movies. I'm one of those guys who have those unlimited cards at cinemas. I'll spend every night there if I can. And then my marriage kind of breaks down. So I have to spend some time with my wife. But I love the movies. Okay. Movies are like my favorite thing. And I've got an issue because I get so inspired when I watch a film that it's like it overtakes me like I watch Braveheart and I come out all day just going like I see an army guarded in defiance of tyranny and I'm like I can't do the accent I can't do anything but I spend my whole day like just speaking the Scottish accent which is really not Scottish it sounds more Irish than anything else but I spend my whole day I watch um what's it called Notting Hill and then I just start going I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy waiting and asking would he love me and I spent my whole day just like doing these quotes things, things. there's one film which I watch and it's just a disaster because I watch Spider-Man I love Spider-Man and I watch Spider-Man every single time I come either out of the cinema or I come out of home I've just watched it and I just run up, like I literally run out of wall I run up a wall probably about that high but I run up a wall and I don't know what comes over me but I, I, I genuinely I know this is weird you're not going to listen to me after I say this, but I literally feel as though I have webs coming out of my. So I like go like that, and I shoot up at the wall, and then I fall flat on my face, and it's really embarrassing. But I, I love movies, and probably my favorite movies are superhero movies, and um, probably my favorite of all of them is Superman. I love Superman. It's probably because like I kind of resemble his physique, his body with these guns. But um, no, I, I love Superman. That's don't worry. I'm, I don't actually think I look like Superman, um, but I love Superman. And there's something that I love about this guy because he's, he's just this normal, simple guy living this normal life. Clark Kent, he just goes to work, does his thing. But how many people know he has a higher calling? And I really believe as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we might be living a normal life, but every one of us, no matter whether you're a lawyer, an accountant, a musician, a student, maybe you work at McDonald's, maybe you work at a supermarket, you work in a charity shop, it doesn't matter. I believe as followers of Jesus, we have a higher calling. And that higher calling is to impact and transform our city and our worlds. You see, the Bible says in Luke, um, in Luke, actually, I won't go there yet. I won't go there. You know, what I love is, uh, this is what happened. Our sin separated us from God. So, so we, were, we were with God, and then our sin, our brokenness, our shame, our screw up, separated us from God. And suddenly there was the divide, but God in His immense love and His just scandalous grace towards us, He sent His Son, Jesus, who, who basically came and died on the cross, and we were then reconciled to God, and, and we stand in relationship. But I believe that that grace that was shown to us wasn't meant to stop of us but we've been called to, to grab the grace which has been extended to us and, and through us affect our families yeah. through us affect our environment affect our city because in Luke 19 verse 10 it says for the son of man Jesus came to see, seek and save those which were lost 
I love that. You know, seek and save. Jesus didn't come as much as sometimes it seems like it. Jesus didn't come to start religion. Jesus didn't come to build a fan base to get, you know, like a million Twitter followers. Like he would have done that if he had Twitter account. But like he didn't come to, st- to start a fan base or to start religion. Jesus came on a search and a rescue mission to society. He came on a search and rescue mission. And he has called us as follow followers of him to be like lifeboats in our broken world, in our falling world. He's called us to be like lifeboats in our environment, in our workplace, and in our city. I love the term being on mission, and truly I believe that that's what God has called us to do. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter kind of what you work. It doesn't matter whether you feel qualified or not qualified. We are called to be on mission. We're called to join God and join Jesus on this amazing mission. You see, Jesus, he, uh, he grew up for 30 years. That doesn't make sense. He spent 30 years growing up. And, um, and Jesus, he, he then spent three years in ministry. And he's doing these crazy things. He's going around like touching blind people. And suddenly their eyes are opening. You know, touching, praying for the, for the sick. They're suddenly recovering. Seeing the dead raised. Like just crazy. And watering to wine. How cool is that? Like, come on. How many people wish that could happen? It'd be awesome. But like, you know, he's doing all these amazing things. And he sits down with these disciples, his team, his friends who've been kind of rolling with him this whole time and you know Jesus doesn't sit there and go well guys you know it's been a great a great three years but you know I'm off home now so let's see what happens here like he doesn't sit there and say I've been resurrected so I'm I'm going home now but like he's not there like oh come on the game's over now but Jesus sits there and, and he commissions these disciples he commissions these guys he says in Matthew 28 verse 18 he says all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth go therefore and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded and lo I am with you always even to the end of age come on I I love that this was Jesus' last command his last commissioning to the church his last commissioning to every one of us but how often like I find that as churches we can be so great at comfy cozy Christianity we can be so great at at making disciples and that that is so good we can be so great at you know just getting in our I was about to say free hugs. The reason I was about to say free hugs, I found that this church is the most encouraging church, but the most hugging church on the planet. It's like free hugs day every day. It's awesome. We loved it. I just feel so uplifted. Um, but, but, but it's like we can be so good at making disciples and loving people, which is so crucial. But I love that in this verse, in this last command, Jesus starts by saying, go, therefore. He, he commissions us out to break out of the four walls of this church, to impact society, to impact our workplace, our schools, our colleges, our universities. He, he's called us not to stay in the four walls of the church. I love it says, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of age. Come on, isn't it amazing to know that God is with us? Like, He commissions us, but He's with us. He's prepared works and plans for us to, to walk in with Him. Yeah. And title of my mes- message this morning is On Mission. 
And I believe God has called every one of us to be on mission. You know, I believe the purpose of our life is to be in relationship with God. And, and maybe here this morning, maybe you've kind of, it could be your first time in church, or maybe you've been to church a few times, and you're not in relationship with God. You, maybe stuff has got in the way, or maybe you just never heard about Jesus. And that's awesome. I'm so glad you came this morning. You know, there's going to be an opportunity at the end if you want to make that, that bold, massive decision, which will just change your life forever. You can do that, and it's, it's going to be sweet. But I believe, ultimately, the purpose of our life is to be in relationship with Jesus. The second thing I believe is that, I said the purpose, the second thing that I believe is actually that the mission of our life is kind of to to break out of the four walls of church, to break into society and to affect society. We're not called just to turn up to church on a Sunday. We are called to turn up to church, but we're not called just to turn up to church on a Sunday. Come on, we're called to bring church into our worlds. We're called to bring church into our work, into our society. I love it. You know, we talk about um, impacting our society. We talk about this crazy word called evangelism. Come on, for how many people does evangelism sometimes bring some negative connotations? Like suddenly you say evangelism, it's like the fear just goes straight into your stomach. You think, ah, I'm going to step out. Like it's just, it gets you. But but here's the thing, like evangelism, we have so many negative connotations because maybe you've seen these guys on the street corners who are like just shouting, the end is nigh. The end is nigh. And they're like, and like they're just saying a little bit more aggressive than that. But, but they're like, you know, I don't know why I did that. But, uh, you know, that's that. But you see these guys on these street corners who are saying like, they call themselves mega evangelists. And honestly, I believe that actually their heart is great. Uh, I believe that, you know, they do want to see people come to know Jesus. But sometimes the method they use is a bit, is a bit crazy. But you see these guys, and so often we get in such fear of, of saying this word evangelism or, or saying, oh yeah, I'm living a life on mission. And, and it goes kind of to the back of our hearts and kind of when someone speaks about it, it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's get past this conversation kind of thing. And it's like when someone preaches on it, you're like, oh no, why did I come this Sunday? Have any Sunday to come? Because there's, there's a cringing. There's something because you feel like, oh, that, that's just not me. I'm not made to evangelize. I'm not made to stand on the street. I'm not made to think. But I really believe evangelism isn't about a one-time moment where standing on the street, battering people down. I believe evangelism is a lifestyle. I don't believe it's something that we force. But honestly, I, I don't even believe that it's even a program of the church. It's not meant to be a program of the church. Evangelism is the heart of the gospel. It's the reason why we do what we do. To see lives of people in our world transformed by the love of of Jesus. That is what evangelism is. It's about people coming to know a God, people who are so broken and need of hope, coming to find hope in the message of Jesus, coming to find hope in the gospel. That is what evangelism is about. I'm, I'm pretty bad because uh, I, get, I get so grumpy in life. Like, I get so, so grumpy. And I find that, like, um, I'll work at church and, or, or maybe just on a Sunday, like, I'll do my church thing. But as soon as I'm out of church, like, I'm not a Christian anymore. <laughs> like, like, I will go, uh, maybe, maybe it's been a you know, long day at work kind of thing. I've done so many meetings and kind of chatting to people. And I'll go to Sainsbury's. And I, all I want to do is just grab my food and go. Like, I do not care about people. If someone smiles at me, I, you know, don't smile back. Let's just say that. You know, 
Like if someone looks at me, I'm not happy. I could not care less. And then someone says, oh, you know, you've got to evangelize. I'm like, what? No, I don't care about that. I want to get my frozen pizzas, stick it in the oven, play FIFA and watch a movie. That's yeah. all I want to do. Like I don't care about, I've done my church thing. Kind of, I've switched off. I've done my church this morning. Now I can just be me and chill. But I don't believe uh, that evangelism is about us switching on and off. I, I don't believe being on mission, being a life with Jesus is about us switching on and off. But simply, I believe that God is setting us up for moments in our life every day that we simply get on board with what He is doing in our generation, what He is doing in the lives and the hearts of people around us. Because it's not about us manufacturing a moment. It's not about us suddenly conjuring up something where it's like, okay, okay I'm just about to go to check out. And she's like, boop, boop. And I'm like, I'm walking. Do you know Jesus then? <laughs> it's not about suddenly I, I conjure up a moment where, where kind of the fire of God and there's visions all around and Jesus comes. I don't believe that's what evangelism is. I believe evangelism is simply us making a decision that God is working in the hearts and lives of people all around us. And I'm going to choose to get on board with what God is doing. It is not about me. It is about God. It is God who brings salvation. Salvation is a sovereign thing. If I could bring salvation, that would be awesome. But simply, I cannot because I am not God. So then why do we argue? Why do we try and force it? Why do we feel the pressure of leading someone to Jesus? Why do we feel the pressure of having to create a moment when it's God who brings salvation? We're simply getting on board with what he's doing. It's as simple as that. I love um, I love we see in the Bible and in Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says, We're the workmanship. We're his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. I love this verse because this verse gives me so much freedom. This verse means that I don't need to, I love it, it says that God has prepared works for us to walk in. This means that I don't need to wake up in the morning in a hot sweat, planning out my day, how I'm going to bump into different people to suddenly share Jesus. Like, it it doesn't mean, like, if I didn't read this verse, I would be thinking, okay, right, I'm going to go into Sainsbury's, I'm going to have my headphones in listening to Hillsong, obviously, and I'd be like, hang it really loud, and then suddenly when I feel the urge, I'm going to let my headphones come out and go, Jesus, 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 and let everyone hear Hillsong, and then suddenly they're going to experience God. Like, it's it's not about us, you know, oh, I'm going to go into the corner shop, and I'm and quickly whack on my, my, um, my, my necklace which has a cross on it as I go past the counter Jesus, Jesus. Like, like, it's not about us coming up in my but I love this verse because it, it says that God has prepared works that we would step into God has prepared plans I believe God has prepared people in our lives even today that as we leave this place all we need to simply do is display the love of God which has so affected our life the grace of God which has so affected who we are I believe God has set us up. He's created opportunities. It, it could be, uh, you know, it could be when you're getting your food. You, maybe you see a mom and you just smile at them. That is the love of God coming out of your life. That will impact people. People don't live in a world where smiles are a regular thing. Like they don't live in a world where there's joy. But come on, we carry a joy. We live in a world where we have a hope and we have something of significance. Is this freeing? Do you understand what I mean? Because I find, like, I was always so passionate about seeing people say, but I was just going about it the wrong way. I thought it was all about me. I thought it was all about me trying to, like, you know, pray for 10 hours and then walk out for five minutes and see a lot of people experience God. But really, it's God who brings salvation. We simply get on board with what He's doing in our generation. He, he's positioned us. I had, um, like, a year 
year and a half ago. I had an, an amazing uh, experience. I was, we do uh, youth on Friday night, and we usually get back, like the team will get back at about 4 a.m. It's pretty crazy, because like, um, the guys just go absolutely mental, and they, they just make an amazing night, but we're just so tired afterwards, we're packing down, and then the team, like, they'll just find like footballs or something and just start kicking a ball around the auditorium, and then windows get smashed, and then we have to fix them that night, and then I just go, boom, from my father, and it's, uh, it's not very good. <laughs> But, but we would spend a lot of time packing down. And I remember one night, uh, we finished quite early, so I was heading home about 1.30 a.m. And we, um, like, I, I don't know about you, I have this thing where, does anyone else have, like, midnight cravings for food? Like, I have this thing where if I'm up long enough, I will eat all night long. Like, if I'm up late enough, I will just eat, even when, if I'm not hungry. Like, last night, we were staying at uh, Judith uh, Minty's house. She does the most amazing food. I was not hungry, but I was just stuffing my face with carrot cake. It was awesome. It was the most amazing food I've had. But I remember I was driving back home, and it was... um it was 1.30 a.m. And I'm thinking, cool, I need some food. And just in the distance, I saw this glowing sign. It was like I walked into heaven. It was Subway. And I was just like, come on, this is good. So I remember I quickly parked my car. I went into Subway and I bought a, a sub. And I'm sitting down eating it, loving it. You know, Italian BMT It's the one to go for every time. Come on, brother, he knows it. But I'm eating this bad boy. And I'm literally tasting heaven in a biteful. And I look over to the side. I look out the window and I see that there's this car. And I see that this person who, it's like they were like wearing a disguise because all I could see was kind of their, their nose and, the, and their eyes. And they're just looking through the window at me. And I'm like, I'm the most paranoid person you can imagine. So I'm freaking out. I'm like eating my subway. And it's like going all over my face, but I don't know what's happening. And I'm like freaking out. I'm thinking, what's going on? So I just quickly finish my subway and I get into my car. And uh, it, it's late night, so I'm like, you know, when you, you know, it's late night, and you just go even more crazy than you already are. So it was like, it wasn't the best thing. And I was in the car, and I quickly grabbed my cookies because you always have to take extra cookies for the ride. It's the best thing to do. So I'm eating my cookies, and I see again. I see this car, and I see this this person, and they're they're looking out at me. I'm thinking, this is weird. Like, like what is going on? This is really weird. They then start driving with their lights off. So I realize it must be a woman driving. Do you know what I mean? So, Come on, all the guys say, amen. Um, but I, I remember, I, and it was a woman. Um, <laughs> fact proven. Um, no, I, this, it starts driving out, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, okay, this is quick. Like, I've got to warn this person. They're driving out with no lights and what's going on. And basically, the long story goes, about 45 minutes goes past, and uh, I'm still there. Don't, don't ask me why I'm paranoid. I've already said. So 45 minutes goes past, and this car kind of parks kind of in front of me. And I'm thinking, like, this is a little bit weird. So I decided I'm going to get out. So I went, got out of my car. Walked over, um, knocked on the window, tapped on it. Uh, the person, this lady, wound her window down. And I, before I could even say hi, like honestly, the language she used, the, just the whole sky filled up with color. It was the most <laughs> colorful language I've ever had. She was not pleased to see me. Um, so she uh, pretty quickly got me away. Um, and I, I basically just said, look, I just want to help. I can see you're wearing a disguise. Is, is anything wrong? And yeah, she just kind of you know, wound the window up. So I went back into my car. I thought, that's cool. I'll eat my cookies, I'll go. So I drove off, drove back home, and I'm kind of sticking at these, 
at these, at these lights. I'm, I'm at the traffic lights. And I'm not one who has these crazy moments where I feel God really hits me and, and suddenly I make a drastic decision. Like that doesn't happen to me that regularly. But I remember seeing the lights. Either it was my paranoia or it was Jesus. But I just <laughs> felt to go back to this lady. I felt to go back to that car. So I turned the car around. I went back to this place. And kind of 45 minutes went on. So it's now like 3 a.m. And, and this car was parked up and I thought, come on, this is my moment. I'm going to go and I'm going to go again because I know something is up. There's no reason why this lady should be just driving around, lights off, lights on, you know, disguising. Something must be up. And I remember going over and the, uh, the window was already down. I'm thinking, she can see me. She's got the baseball out ready to hit me as I come up. And I walk over and I can, I can hear someone crying. And I look in and this lady, she is crying her eyes out. And she's just head on the steering wheel. And she's just in absolute pieces. And I walk over and I said, Hey, look, I'm, I'm not a creep. I'm not a weirdo. My name's Jamie. I'm from Sitco's Church. You know, blame the church if all goes wrong. I'm from Sitco's Church down the road. Um, it's just what we've got to do. Um, take one for the team. Uh, blame the church. But I'm saying I'm from City Coast Church down the road. And um, I I work with people who who go through quite tough situations. Please, can I help you? I can see things aren't right. You know, why why are you doing this? What can I do to help? What what can I do in this situation? She, this lady just starts, she's in just absolute peace. And she says to me, she says, listen, Jamie, I've been married for 20 years. And my husband, Richard, four days ago, he, he walked out on me. Four, four days ago, he just decided he's had enough. He, he's been battling with alcohol. He's been battling with pornography. He's been battling with some serious stuff for, for years on end. And we've been arguing and arguing and arguing. And it just took its final straw four days ago. And he's gone. And, and honestly, I don't know what, what's up. Because he, he's in an absolute state. He's drinking. He's all over the place. And honestly, tonight... He's just around the corner and uh, call me crazy, but I know it's really embarrassing, but I just, I wanted to follow him because I didn't know whether he was seeing another woman or whether like he was going to do something stupid, but this is kind of where I'm at. And I'm standing there thinking, flip, this is more than I bargained for. <laughs> I should have sent my cookies and gone home. Um, but, but I remember thinking, like, this was an opportunity. This was a moment which I didn't create whatsoever, but God had laid in front of me. So I just said to her, I said, I said listen, I've forgotten what her name is now, but I'll just call her Betsy. Uh, I said, Betsy, I, I, I really, I, I want to pray with you. And then I'm going to go over to your husband and I'm going to speak with him. And I'm going to see what, what, what we can do, what can happen. Because I believe that, you know, this can be restored. God has done stuff in my life and he's going to restore it in Richard's life. So we prayed together really quickly and then I shot over. So I walked over to the bus stop pretending I was on the phone and I was, I'm quite a good actor. No, I'm not really. But I was like on the phone. I was like, oh yeah, my bus is delayed. I won't be there for 40 minutes. So I'm just going to sit down here and like no one's on the phone because it's like 3 a.m. Everyone's asleep. So I go over to him and I sit next to him and he is absolutely plastered. Like this guy is like, you, there's just no sense. Like he's all over the place. And and I just, long story short, I go and speak to him and I'm like, and I didn't say Richard because obviously he would know. I was like, hey mate, you don't look too good. And he starts opening up, talking about everything in his life, talking about all these addictions, all these frustrations, his broken marriage and everything. And I start speaking to him about you know, the love of God and what God had done in my life. I struggled with pornography for six years and I started saying about how at the age of 17 I had this encounter with Jesus which just completely changed everything in my life. I met God in, in such a real way that I found I could drop all this baggage and 
it was still a journey, but I, I entered into this grace. I, I crossed over this bridge of grace and found a relationship with God which changed me. And it was amazing because I thought I was doing so good, but he was drunk, so he still wasn't getting any of this. And I remember saying, Richard, can I pray with you? And I started praying with him, and he really started kind of like, like, like I don't know, I would like to say that he started sobering up. I can't prove that, but I feel like he was. The way he was speaking was less slurred, and kind of what he was saying really meant real, like it felt real. And after we prayed, I just prayed that God would, would touch him. I said, Richard, can I grab your phone? Because I know that in the morning, you're not going to remember any of this. Like, this is going to be a distant blur to you. But I want in the morning, I want you to call me. I'm going to give you my number. I'm going to write you a little note. So I grabbed his phone. Obviously, he was drunk, kind of taking advantage, but he was absolutely fine with it. Um, so I could, probably could have taken his phone, sold on eBay, what a night. Um, but I, I got the phone, and I'm, like, I'm writing in it. And I just said, uh, hey, Richard, I'm so proud of you. Um, I'm so proud that you know you're going to make a decision that no longer you're going to be addicted to these things, but but instead that you're going to find real love. You're going to find a real grace. We spoke about kind of some stuff with his dad, and there was some stuff. That, and I just said, man, I believe that no matter <clears throat> no matter what your childhood is like, there is a God in heaven who loves you and who has a plan for your life. And just like what He's done to me, maybe I'm a lot a lot younger than you because I'm about I was about 30 years younger than this guy. But I was like, I don't know what. Um, has happened in your life but I know God has got a future for you love you man proud of you Jamie and I kind of just did P.S. call me in the morning the morning came round and, uh, and nothing happened uh, he didn't call me and I was, I was pretty bummed out about that uh, but I kind of went on went on with life and, so that, and then I got a text um, I got a text later, later that day and honestly this, this for me is just um, just one of my favourite things he, he texted me he said Hi, Jamie. Thanks for looking out for me last night. I'm back at home talking to my wife. I told her about you appearing like an angel. How many people know he wasn't that drunk? Come on. Appearing like an angel. Um, appearing like an angel. Take care, friend. Good night. Now, here's the thing. We're like a year and a half on from that. I haven't spoken to him for like, oh, it's got to be like seven, eight months. I don't know where he's at now, but this is what I do know. Six months on from that situation, a guy who was so broken, who, who was so uh, just... Come, uh, he believed a lie that his life was going to be an addiction in so many ways. He believed a lie from his dad that he's never going to achieve anything. Six months on from that moment, he was back at home with his wife. He was in church, and he had made a decision to go to the AA and to sort out his alcohol issues. Here's the thing. There is nothing special about me. There's nothing good about me. I wish there was, but there, frankly, there isn't. There's nothing special about me. Simply, I made a decision that I didn't say any special words, but I said, God... I want to jump on board with what you're doing. It was a moment where instead of being so tired and going home when I really wanted to, I wanted to eat my food and go home. This guy, Richard, had a doner kebab. I was so jealous that he got to eat his doner kebab. But I made a decision in that moment that above that, I'm just going to choose to, to obey God. And you never know who is waiting on the other side of your obedience. Come on, you never know the lives and the people and the families who are waiting on the other side of your obedience. I'm going to be really quick. I've got three short points. I'm sorry that I've gone on a little bit. Is it okay if I just do three quick points? Okay, awesome. Three things that I believe we need to embrace in order to, to effectively impact our world really quick. Number one is love. 
Love must be our motivation. The same love that has impacted and transformed our life must flow out of us and reach our city. We would not do it if it wasn't for the love of God which has affected us. There's nothing in it for us in that sense. But it's because we've been so consumed by the love of God that we've got to allow that love to flow through our lives. I love there's a story in the, in the Bible about this woman who met Jesus at the well. And the Bible says that she ran back home. And uh, when she ran back home, she, she told all her family, her friends, everyone uh, about this Jesus. She said, come and see this Jesus I've met. Come on, I'm believing that this church will be a church that run into their workplace and say, come and see this Jesus that I know. Come and see this Jesus on Sunday that I meet every week. This hope of the world, this hope of my life. I, I love it. We've got to let love be our motivation. We've got to be compelled. Number two is engage. We've got to engage with the world around us. You know, I love about Jesus. One of my favorite things is he wasn't afraid to engage with the world. He was hanging out with the prostitutes, the tax collectors. He was hanging out with the down and outs, the people that society would never go. I believe that if Jesus was here today, he would be in the clubs. He would be in the pubs. He'd be in the other places too, but he wouldn't be afraid. When the Pharisees and the religious leaders were kind of saying, Jesus, you're not holy. Why would you step into those places? Those places are unclean. I, I, I just believe this. True holiness is not being away from maybe the dark places of this world, but true holiness is living out the perfect will of God in a broken and fallen world. Come on. True holiness is being able to walk into the clubs and pubs and not get drunk. Come on. True holiness is being able to not compromise on what I believe, but being able to infiltrate and impact society. We've got to engage in the world around us. God hasn't called us just to live a life on a tandem bike where he's kind of steering and like we're just chilling out on the back. Like that isn't life. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind can imagine the things God has in store for us. I'm telling you, as we get on board of what God's doing and we begin to see that our life can, can affect the lives of others, that we can live beyond ourselves, suddenly it's like flip. I've never done this before. You, you get a vibrance. You, you get something on the inside of you because God is working through you. You're stepping into the plan of God for your life. Really quickly, Francis of Assisi, he says, I know it's a really famous quote, that every day preach the gospel, if necessary, use words. I love that. It's not about us shouting. It's about us living our lives. The third point and final point, I'm really sorry about the delay. Third point and final point is live. We've got to live this out. Jesus Jesus was never, was never boring. He was a party animal. You know, life with God can't be boring. Bill Johnson once said, a famous preacher said, if you're a Christian and your life is boring, you've just lost Jesus. And that's true. Like, if your life is boring and you're a Christian and you're just turning up to church on Sunday and think, come on, there's not much in this. I'm telling you, find Jesus because Jesus is the biggest party animal. Jesus is the biggest adventure, the greatest journey we can ever do is living life with Jesus. I love it because, you know, the Bible says, um, what does it say? It says, uh, in, in Matthew, it says, let your light so shine for men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I am so glad that it doesn't say, let them see you praying for 10 hours a day and they'll glorify your Father in heaven. It says, let them see your good works. Let them see the way you live this out. Let them see the way you love. Let them see the way you cross the road with them. Let them see the way you turn up first to work and bring some carrot cake that they can eat. Let them see the way that even when you don't feel like talking to people at work because you've had a long week, maybe there's been kind of before you got to work, you've had arguments, your family and stuff is going on and all you feel like doing is just pouring out how bad you feel and you don't want to talk to them. Come on, that is where we make a decision. Let them see your good works and glorify Jesus. Come on. I love it. Can we, can we stand this morning? 
I love that Nelson Mandela, he's um, for me just such a, an inspiration. I love that uh, kind of historians tell us that he, um, he, would, uh, he, he was put in prison, as most of us would know, he was put in prison. And apparently they had to keep changing the cell he was in because every time he was put in the cell, suddenly all the people around him would start experiencing Jesus. I love it that he turned a prison cell into a church. Come on, I'm believing that all across this place, all across Aberdeen, that universities, workplaces, schools, colleges will turn into churches because as we get a revelation that God has called us to impact society, it's not a scary thing. It's not not something where we have to say the right words is purely getting on board with what God is doing. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times, then don't forget to visit our website www.thejunctionchurch.com. God bless.